When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before the game kicks off, let's ramp it up with college football overtime. Here's, here's, here's Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. Probably the other very important game, another game that could be considered our game of the week. Washington travels to Oregon State. I think this is a, a sneakily good matchup. I thought it was going to be a really good matchup even before Oregon State was ranked as the number 11 team in the country. Washington is playing for their college football playoff lives. They are still sitting at number five, just outside of your top four. I think that they have tons to play for down the stretch, and I think that they can earn their way into that top four when it's all said and done. But it starts by winning games like this against Oregon State. Yeah, look, people thought DJU was a fringe Heisman candidate uh, when he got to Oregon State. Uh, That has not played itself out this season, but do not overlook how dangerous that team is. He's still a very good quarterback. He's had a very good year. Uh, and, And this is an odd situation where Washington, ever since that win over Oregon, just kind of lackluster. Uh, look, uh, that game against Utah, Utah was coming off a game where they get annihilated by Oregon. Now you compare it with Washington, and it, it wasn't the game. Um, and, and look, there was a bad fumble from Washington. That game could have scoreboard-wise played itself out a little bit differently. But uh, this is a big test going on the road into Corvallis at night uh, against a Oregon state team. That's got everything in front of them. Uh, look, Oregon state still got a shot to go to the PAC 12, uh, championship game sure if, do. If they win this week and then win uh civil war against Oregon. They're, they're right there. So they've got the inspiration and motivation to come out with everything they've got. And they've got the team to do it. Mm-hmm. They really do. And Michael Penix hasn't quite been the quarterback. We saw the first four or five games probably is injured and playing with some stuff that they're not uh, telling us about. Um, Look, I'll say this, outside of the Oregon game, this is the biggest challenge that Washington will have had this season, Um, and it's going to be a tough one to pass. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, uh, I am worried if I'm Oregon State, though, because the biggest biggest test to the secondary was likely Washington State with Cam Ward, and that's a guy who threw for 380 yards on you uh, and, and kind of cooked you, and that was one of their two losses this season. Michael Penix and this Washington offense are significantly better than that. And I mean, significantly better than that. Um, the, the biggest player for me, you mentioned Michael Penix. And of course, Michael Penix is the best player in the field, likely. Um, Roman Dunze, like he, he's a stud. I'm looking at Damian Martinez, the dude who leads a two-headed rushing attack over there in Corvallis. Yep. He averages 6.59 yards per attempt. 155 carries is also Deshaun Fenwick. Like that, that's a that's a potent rushing attack. You know, they like to run the ball and they also play really well at home. Like this is a team under Jonathan Smith who they are very, very good. 22 and 12 straight up since he took over the Oregon State program. That includes his first year where they kind of struggled a little bit. Like this is a team who plays its best football at home. I think the physicality of the Beavers might be the biggest thing for them working in their favor. That said, I don't know if they can keep up. If this gets into a shootout territory, I get a little worried 
But I think Oregon State does a lot of the little things well. They convert on third down, they stay ahead of the chains, and they keep themselves in a winning position. On top of that, they score touchdowns in the red zone. Washington, for as much as they score, they're not as effective when they get into the red zone. Most of their scoring happens outside of the red zone when they're a little bit further away. And it's when they can actually open up and, un- like, and just unload on you. And now that's been good enough for them in the past. But if Oregon State is able to force them into, if they take away that explosive pass and force them into methodically working the ball down the field, which is easier said than done. It's happened a few times this season. Arizona State was able to get that done. Um, Stanford was able to really get that done pretty effectively. Utah, for for better or for worse, they were able to get that done for for portions of the game, not a full full 60 minutes, but for portions of the game. If the Beavers can get that done on Saturday, then I give them a shot. If they can't do that, they're going to really, really start relying on DJ Uyunglele to, to put the ball in his arm and really go win it. And I don't know if DJU is the guy who can necessarily go win you a game if you really need him to. This is a really good Oregon State team. I think they got their work cut out for them. There is a path to winning this game, though. Run the ball effectively and take away the explosive passes, and they got a really good shot because this is this is one of the best teams in America at scoring in the red zone, and that's because of that two-headed rushing attack that they have in that backfield. They've got a path to victory. It'll be a tough one, but I think they can do it. Yeah, th- look, this is a Washington team that won its first four games, uh, twenty-seven points each, or, or more, mm-hmm. more, more, twenty-seven or more in, in the first four. Ever since then, you're dealing with ten or less, eleven or less uh, in all of these games. So, yeah. uh, it, it just things are not as smooth as they were. Part of that is that they're playing some better Pac-12 opponents. I, I think you can weigh that in, but. Uh, it, it just isn't the team that looks like the best team in the conference. And, and yeah. I do think to win on Saturday, to get by the Beavers, they need to find a way to look like the team that beat Oregon, find a way to look like the team that deserves to be the representative of the Pac-12. They haven't looked like that in recent weeks. Doesn't mean that team's not in there. They are very well coached. They will be ready for this game. Uh, they've won a couple key games on the road against ranked opponents already this year. But I agree with you. Uh, mm-hmm. Oregon State's got to run the ball with success to take pressure off DJU, set up big plays in the pass game, which DJU can hit. But like you said, you don't want to rely on him being a check down efficient passer. You you want to take your chances. Kind of Jalen, not quite Jalen Milrose. She's better on the short. But you know what I mean if you've listened to the podcast and how I discuss what Alabama likes to do in their pass game. Uh, if they can run the ball, I, I do think, like you said, this can be a very competitive game. Uh, and, and let's not sleep on that Oregon State defense, too. Uh, they, they they can get after it a little bit. They've got five different guys, I think, that have two or more interceptions. Uh, I think one of their pass rushers is close to 10, maybe nine and a half sacks. So uh, it'll be yeah. very interesting to see <clears throat> Penix and, and what he does and how often he puts the ball into danger in this one. Yeah, Oregon State's got the tools to get it done. Washington has more to lose just in general. I, I think Washington's the better football team, but I said it before, Oregon State's got the tools to beat them. And I think that yeah. it wouldn't surprise me all that much uh, if they're actually able to get it done. I, I'm not I'm not foolish enough to pick them to win, but they can certainly win if they if they uh, if when it's all said and done. Let's move on to uh, another game out there in the Pac-12. Utah travels to Arizona. One of the at, at the time that they want they were five and what five and three or five and two or something at the time. I said they were the best five and two team in the country. <laughs> you know, like this is a team that gave everybody anybody and everybody everything that they could handle. They have since just been a really good football team. Noah Fafita has been a, a, a revelation 
for Arizona. And now they get one of their bigger tests of the season against a, a really good Utah team, a team that is a lot better than their losses might indicate. Uh, Bryson Barnes, I think he's kind of figured something out at quarterback. He's kind of settled in a little bit. After that USC game, I mean, we talk about that being an, a, a get-right game for Utah on offense, but not necessarily wholly indicative of who they are as a team. I don't know if that's the case anymore because since that, they've had 50-plus points on Arizona State. They they did what they did last week against a, a pretty good Washington football team on the road, and maybe that is who they are because you've got a lot of dudes who can play, and, and Bryson Barnes had a pretty good game. He's not the reason they lost that football game last week. I don't think it's going to be the reason they they could lose this game upcoming this weekend. Look, uh, you talked about Fafita. This has been a completely different Arizona team since he gained the starting job. His first game was against Washington, a very close loss. He's got some losses, yeah. right? But but they've been competitive in those games. And then he's got a couple of big wins, three straight over ranked teams before beating uh, an unranked Colorado in a less than stellar uh, performance there. But uh, at home, I, I just I don't know what to expect out of Utah. Their defense isn't quite as good in lockdown as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense obviously is still missing Cam Rising, even with the the spurt they did have with Bryson Barnes. Uh, and Arizona's just trending up, uh, up, up, and up. And, and Noah Fafita's been the big difference for them. And um, it'll be very interesting, uh, maybe not this year, but next year, to see how people project this Arizona team with Fafita because uh, they are well out pacing any expectations anyone had for them uh it's very impressive even in a very difficult conference to see what they're doing with a quarterback change mid-season so um it's been a fun ride for Arizona fans who uh shockingly enough and I meant to make this joke when we were doing around the ACC um they're gonna have to kind of put pause on basketball season for a little bit while they wrap up this football season I don't think many people were saying that, but I guess not a lot of people were uh, expecting their their boys. I to meant to drop that games. for the Duke Virginia discussion, and I I, I dropped. I think that's also I, I a decent up. one. That's all right. It's okay. It's okay. The good people recognize it. And uh, Arizona is seven three on the season. They've had a good year. Uh, I don't think anybody expected them to be tied for third place at this point in the season. Uh, really good year for Noah Fafita and company. Uh, a team that is just one step below them, the USC Trojans. They are playing UCLA in a game that we're going to see is now a Big Ten conference matchup next year, which I will never get used to, I don't think, and I at least I say that now. UCLA and USC, I think the biggest storyline for me here is who can get past the elephant in the room. I think both of them have pretty glaring issues. You have the Grinch, who was fired last, uh, last week after just the debacle. Uh, against Washington and everybody else and, and Cal and really, really everybody, uh, USC couldn't stop a nosebleed if they if they had a, a, a box of tissues. But this is a, a team that struggles on defense. But you're also playing a team with a dead man walking at head coach. And I, I, has Caleb Williams moved on? Have, have I mean they could say that they haven't. They could say that all these games matter, but you got to go out and prove it. And I think that this is one of those games where. I really don't know what to make of it because UCLA, I think, was they were a good football team. They're six and four right now. I thought that this was a team that could go win eight games this year and really put together a good season. But now Chip Kelly is is reportedly on the hot seat, if not fired already, regardless of what happens down the stretch. Does his team quit? Does his team ball, or does his team maybe say, "Hey, let's screw it, let's go ball out"? I have no feel. I have no idea. 
but it's a big rivalry game. It's one of the biggest games out West. So we wanted to bring it to your discussion. Abe, what do you think? Look, you put a lot of great discussion into what we could look for on the field. All I'm going to say this is uh, I'm here for the jerseys, man. Both teams wearing their oh, home so colors, the matchup. It, it's probably, I don't even care what happens in the game anymore. Like both teams have lost interest for me. Caleb Williams is not winning the Heisman. USC is, is, is season is a little derailed. Um, obviously the UCLA head coaching situation, uh, having to make changes to the assistant staff at USC. You, you went through all of it. I, I don't even care what happens on the field, man. These two teams are going to look great on Saturday and, uh, I'll drink to that, man. It is, it is for what it lacks on with, with football. Yeah, exactly. On the field. It makes up for in spades with it's. Just, just call beautiful. it a ma- the yeah the the majesty of of the uh, colors. I, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. Plus, it doesn't matter if you're playing in the Rose Bowl or if you're playing in in uh, the Trojan Coliseum. I, I mean, it's 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 a good looking venue with good looking teams, and uh, I think that's going to be probably the highlight of that game. Last game I have on my list: Kansas State at Kansas, uh, a ranked of two top twenty five opponents, and I don't have this stat handy. I don't know if these two teams have ever been ranked at the same time while whilst playing each other. I can't think of one. I don't know if you can think of one. And the Wildcats have won this game 14 years in a row. What do you think happens? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Kansas State is still in the running for uh, the Big 12 representation because right now Texas is a one-loss team. Uh, and it gets kind of wonky after that. You've got yep. four, like, four teams at five and two. Uh, Kansas State of that group with the toughest opponent this week, at least. Um, so, so it'll be, uh, or actually, I guess Iowa State's five and two. They they do play Texas, so that's another yeah. one to keep an eye on. But um, yeah, it, it, it's just they need to handle their business if if they want to hold on to some hopes of uh, getting to the Big Twelve title game and, and facing Texas. And look, that game was great a couple weeks ago. Maybe they get some revenge. The Oklahoma Texas game was great. Uh, we'll, we'll see if revenge could be had, if that was the matchup, um, whatever it is. So yeah, it's just really interesting situation. You mentioned all all the random situation scenarios that could play out in the ACC. I'm looking forward to that in the big 12 as well. Um, because a lot of these teams are quality and could probably give Texas uh, a threat, including Iowa state this weekend. So it'll be very interesting to see, but uh, look, Kansas has been disappointing. I know they all ranked, but they've been disappointing. It wasn't the season. Look, their quarterback was Big Ten, or excuse me, Big Twelve preseason Player of the Year. That obviously injury wise has not worked out. They've done what they can under Dean, uh, but um, it, it's just it hasn't been there for Kansas. It, this is one last chance for them to kind of salvage. And it's not been a bad season. Look, this is Kansas football we're talking about here, right? Like it's not yeah. been a bad season, but there were higher hopes. Um, and so it's another chance to put another nice notch if they're able to get this one. But uh, I do think Kansas state is playing well, uh, recently and, and, and I would expect them to be able to handle business, stay in the race for the big 12 title game and see what happens with the rest of the conference. Yeah. And I think this all comes down to the play of Will Howard. Can he can just continue to do just make plays at quarterback? Um, don't throw the ball over. He just actually just broke the, uh, K state record for career passing touchdowns last week 45 it's not a crazy high number but i guess it's enough to 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 take home a record another thing to keep in like the just in mind is jason bean's status he's not 100 he got knocked around a little bit 
and he's a game time decision. I think if he doesn't play, uh, I think we got a, a long shot that the Jayhawks are actually able to pull this upset. But if he does play, I think this could end up being a pretty interesting football game because Kansas State, like you mentioned before, they have the second best odds to make the Big 12 title game, and they need a little bit to bounce their way. But look, I think Oklahoma State, they showed you last week that they're capable of, fully capable of just throwing out and laying, an, like throwing their helmet out there and laying an egg. Uh, Oklahoma has done that at times too. We saw them do that against this Kansas team, you know? So the big 12 is just a big pile of who knows. And especially with the Brooks knee injury that happened last week, I think it is absolutely a wide open conference at the very top. I think Texas is probably Texas is already locked down at spot, but I think Texas is going to be the favorite. I think they should be the favorite, but outside of that, who's going to play them? I don't really know, but that's why they played the game and that's why they keep it interesting.